this is going to be a disaster. People are going to spin up endless amounts of content and it is going to destroy it. Yeah, this is, oh gosh. I think there is a lot of room in content for AI. And I think it's great. It's a huge help for marketers. I don't think it's something that will replace marketers, but I do think that's something that will really help them in their job. Quality, it's always been a big thing, but it's going to be even more of a differentiator as we move into this time where anyone can write like an okay article for the most part. You're serving the customers. If there's a human being reading it and based on what he or she reads, gonna be your customer or not, I think that's where the AI fails. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. What are your thoughts on GPT and uh, generative content in general? Um, it's a spectrum. My thoughts and feelings are on a spectrum of, I think it can be useful to kill it with fire. And I, I'll say it is a tool that if a mature person used it, they can leverage it in really, really interesting ways to help their business and to help create content. Uh, an example I'll use is, you know, I don't know, content about, um, I use the example all the time and I'm going blank on it. I have snow tires. Do I need to use snow tires on my car? That topic, I'm sure, I don't know. I know nothing about cars. has probably been covered a gazillion times. It's a very snippetal piece of content. Probably been covered a million times over. There's probably nothing new I can add to that conversation at this point. So great. Let, let some AI writers scrape the web, take what everybody else already did, and regurgitate it for my website. Fine. Leaving aside the ethical issues of taking everybody's content, regurgitating it, fine. Great. Like there's there's nothing I was gonna add to that conversation anyway. So it's a you know, short FAQ, a short snippet, a header or a title or whatever. Great. I'm all for you know, peer reviewed, meaning human reviewed AI. Where it gets interesting is take that very same example and let's say there's new technology that emerges. In which case, the answer to that question changes. AI is not going to know that for a while. It's going to have to rescrape everything and is not going to know the answer to that until everybody starts updating their content. But no one's going to update their content because everybody's using AI. So now what? And that runs into an issue where I think that it's unsupervised, to use a machine learning term, if you let people to their own devices and we don't, we're not supervising them, so to speak, this is going to be a disaster. People are going to spin up endless amounts of content. It is going to take the web. I never thought it was possible. It's going to take the state of web content, which already stinks, and it is going to destroy it. it I, 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 I'll equate it to money. Money, the value of money needs to be a happy medium. 
if if the price of money, so to speak, is too expensive, you, you it, it, meaning, uh, let's say, let's rephrase it. If there's too much money out there, then it produces inflation. In the case, sometimes hyperinflation, where the money is just worthless. If they entered a barrier, uh, the the barrier to entry rather is too high, meaning there's too little money, right? Then it's too the money's too expensive. Right? You know, one dollar can now buy me, you know, a you know a mansion. You don't want that either. You want there to be a happy medium. Same thing with content. The barrier to entry is too low, and you could just spin up anything with ease. You're going to be flooded with content. The value of content will be completely destroyed. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I, there's a million implications of what that actually means. But I'm pretty sure for at least for the short term, until there's a correction, we're going to destroy the web with this thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I have similar thoughts because uh, as we were like discussing before we start the 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 interview i mean one one thought that I, that I have is that okay let's say we can like publish 100 blog posts tomorrow okay that's that's great we can do that with the help of ai at you know the fraction of the cost that it would like cost us to hire writers or you know whatever and we can also have some human assistants to edit it and so on and so forth that's great if like the whole web can do that we just you know spit out words out there and like publish new blog posts i mean at the end of the day who's going to read all this content you know what's what's the point of it all you know yep it dilutes everything and i think you're know, going back to brand for a second i think that the power of brand is going to become very 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 into focus because if you're going to become known for having really good unique content now that stands out. Imagine how much that will stand out in the future when there's an absolute flood of absolute, not garbage, but just generic content. If your site is going to become known for having really excellent content, you will stand out. People will seek that out. So you having a brand association to being a site that has strong content is going to come into focus. What are your thoughts on AI content? Ah, <laughs> I mean, uh, thoughts is I, I keep seeing uh, how ChatGPT helped me to go from a zero to something else and in, in the LinkedIn pretty much like every single day. Is and that's one of the reasons why I don't want to go back to LinkedIn because it's all about, oh, like ChatGPT helped me to create 5,000 pages in one day. Um, what I think is I'm experimenting with it, not on not on my domain. I'm, I'm not putting out to the blog. Like I'm just trying to see how it works. But I mean, it writes an article, but when I read it, it's like, it's dull. Um, it's it's dull. The thing is, I, I see that the bad content can rank, right? It, it ranks. I see a lot of bad co content ranking. You probably see it as well. But um, if your only purpose to write a content is the traffic, maybe it would work for you. But if you're serving to customers, if there's a human being reading it and based on what he or she reads, going to be your customer or not, I think that's where the AI fails. Um, I don't think it's doing a great job there. I mean, it helps me with doing some SEO-related stuff. And, and, it, and like, I use it as my VA, um, especially when it comes to entities. It helps me with finding entities from um, other articles out there. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? It's interesting because 
the uh, companies that have invested in open AI, uh, a lot of these companies are the same ones that are going through problems with a lot of fake garbage content on their sites generated courtesy of GPT-3. So it's rather ironic, I would say. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, and, and you know, this might be part of it, why, they are working on a way of watermarking GPT-3 output to make it quite simple for them to, I should say relatively simple, because there could be ways around it. But you know, if it's watermarked, it'll be easy for search engines to uh, detect that this content has been generated by uh, you know, a GPT-3. So the implication of that is, you know what, if it's easy to detect and, and uh, you know, Google doesn't, um, does, doesn't, you know, it's, it's against their terms of service to, to use automated content generation, then it's going to be really easy for them just to, you know, suppress those uh, in um, the search engine or, you know, going back to the helpful content update, maybe it'll be classified as unhelpful content. And then your entire site will end up suffering. So actually, when you and I were scheduling this conversation, that was before ChatGPT was launched. And I was thinking that one of the, the things that I can share uh, that I thought would be a novelty back then would be the fact that we were, even before ChatGPT, using the, the open AI, we're using the DaVinci model to help us create content, right? So we are sort of doing that before it was cool. Uh, of course, there are also tools like, you know, Surfer SEO that helps you, for instance, write briefs and, and they are AI powered and so on. Um, and to, to, to give you a short answer, yes, well, we do use um, AI generated content. It's not fully AI generated. I use it more. I think about it more as an AI assistant, more than, you know, something that I just produce and like, you know, I can't write articles basically with, with you know, ChatGPT. But I can, you know, help myself with writing case studies. I can help myself with uh, with landing pages copy. So we do use it on on a daily basis, um, and I think it's great. As I say, like I think it's a it's a huge help for for marketers. I don't think it's something that will replace marketers, but I do think that's something that will really help them in their in their job. I'm the best example. I used to love writing. I feel like I got burned out after maybe three years of, you know, working in content. And for the last three years, like I, I just, I really don't like writing content anymore. It's a struggle, you know, it's a struggle to sit down and write content. So I like, for me, it's a blessing, you know, that we have those tools and that I can just put my ideas there, you know, edit it a little bit, and then it's just going to, you know, produce a perfect version of a, of a copy for the landing page. But it, it has to be fact checked and uh, like for accuracy and if everything is as it should be? Sure. So we don't use that for, for technical content. I wouldn't use it at all for like, you know, writing about research papers or writing about some computer vision con uh, concepts. We do use it more for the copy for the landing pages, you know, so something that's a little bit more generic, like, hey, how can we make this copy more converting? How can we make it sound a little bit more natural? And of course, we give it examples. You know, we use it for ads as well. I think this is a really good example of, of, um, of how you can use it, like ads, you know, because it's a simple piece of content. You need a couple of versions of the same ad, you know, how would AI write it differently so that you can have, you know, different copies and write ads in like, you know, 20 minutes and not two hours. Yeah, so we've had a lot of discussions, right? Obviously, like every content team, I think probably have had this discussion on like, do we use it? Do we not use it? How do we use it? Like, um, I think like LinkedIn is full of like 10 tips on like how to use ChatGPT for 
for everything I felt like, right? Like it's uh, soon as like ask them to make coffee and uh, clean your desk. But yeah, so I think um, I, from the content team, I think it's something you cannot ignore. Um, I think it is definitely, I, I will think that every content marketer that there really need to take a look at it and see how they can use it. Um, I think that we still at the beginning of it. So I don't see it as a threat at all. I think like it can help automate or facilitate, speed up certain tasks and certain kind of type of content that you need to write um, that is maybe short and a bit basic. Um, I think it has like a, a place for that, um, which I think is, is a great tool. We'll see the evolution of it and it's going to become more and more powerful. I think what's going to be really interesting from an SEO perspective and the search perspective is like, will it replace the way people search, right? Like, will people search through, through AI and it will eliminate, I guess, this this race to the top of the page kind of, right? Like, uh, because whatever the AI will like give you might become kind of the answer. People might not go and look at specific page. So will it change the whole... SEO world uh, will be quite interesting to see. How, how do you see it from an SEO agency? I think like this is probably something you've been thinking a lot about as well, right? I don't think it's there yet. So I don't think the risk is like immediate, but in the long term, this definitely, it might completely change the SEO landscape. Look, uh, I think AI as anything is a, is a tool, a technology, and it's very trusting. And, and, you know, there are many applications for it. And of course, because you and I are in the content marketing industry, we focus we focus a lot in 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 gener, generative AI, which is the the one used for copywriting. But I, I think it's a very interesting tool. I like any new technology tool. You need to um, to understand it and experiment and, and and see what what really is. Uh, I think we're going through the adoption curve, um, and there's you know there are different uh, adoption curves and also kind of um, hype curves. So there is like every new technology, there is this phase of hype, you know, what happened with NFTs, what happened with, uh, with Bitcoin. And I think we're going through that with, uh, with chat GPT. Generative AI has been around for a book for a while now. It's not new, it's not something new, but chat GPT kind of brought in all that bus, um, uh, into the, into the spotlight. So. I just think we need to, to wait for the dust to settle a little bit, uh, and see what really is going to be the best or in a stable use cases for AI. So what is the point of it all? I, I agree with you. Like just, we shouldn't be creating content for the sake of creating content. So how should we be using AI? And I think AI should be used to eliminate the drudgery of creating content. There's a lot of things that have to happen um, around content creation. And what a lot of people don't understand because, you know, rightfully so, they're not in an industry. What they're understanding is composition or content writing. It might be just thirty percent of the overall amount of work that you have to put into producing a piece of content, right? You have to do um, strategy, ideation, competitive research. Um, you know, uh, briefing, briefing. You have to create your briefs. Um, also, the technical things that have to go around it. Then you have to do the composition, and then you have to do editorial review. 
and then you have to optimize the content for SEO, and then you have to polish it, and then you have to put images, you have to have a schema markup. Like, you know, when you add all of the things that need to be done, composition is just a part of it. So can we eliminate some of those more manual tasks? Can we use AI for ideation, for maybe rephrasing, um, or content audit? Uh, I don't know. Or content optimization? Maybe, maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can use it for some of the composition as well, but I, I don't think it's going to be 100%. Maybe it's 10%, 20%, 30%. But can we use it uh, as a tool for productivity, eliminate some of the drudgery of, of, or some of the more mundane tasks and put that time back into creating better content. And I think that's what will happen. Smart, smart uh, content creators will find the best use cases for AI, which won't be pushing a button and creating an article. I'm sorry, but I don't think that's where good content is going to go. There will be people that will try to do it, but I don't think they're going to go to, they're going to get too far. But smart, smart content marketers um, will find the best use cases for it, and they'll optimize their their time, and then they take that time and reclaim some of that time and create better content. Right, invested in creativity, invested in creating other types of assets. I think video video is becoming uh, more and more prominent. I think uh, I was reading a, a study from from Content Marketing Institute, and I think the main the main content type is of course uh, blogs and articles. And then the second most common content type uh, is video used, but I think co uh, written uh, content is 87% and then video is like 85% of companies use it as a type of content. I think video is going to become more prominent. Um, and I'm not thinking about AI video. I'm thinking about like real video, like uh, people talking and being a little bit more genuine because uh, people are going to crave more. Uh, in, in an age where a lot of the content is going to be synthetic, uh, people are going to create more human and genuine content. Uh, we haven't seen tons of changes and impact yet. Like when we're looking at analytics, we're seeing websites still getting a lot of traffic. We're seeing search volumes still being great on places like Google uh, and even Bing. We're not seeing Bing take away really any market share from Google from what we're seeing based on the actual analytics and data because uh, we track a lot of websites. Um, we do think in the long run it will have an impact but we think the impact will be positive. And when I say positive, that doesn't mean a website will get more traffic or even less traffic. What I mean positive is it's going to create a better experience for the searchers, which will cause the platforms to be more popular as well. And this generative AI can also help companies with things like creatives. So when you're doing advertising campaigns, it costs so much money to film ads in different countries and with different backgrounds and doing different variations. But with AI, you can start spinning up different backgrounds and images and changes for pennies on the dollar. Um, the other thing that is it can also create revenue potential. So for example, there's this company called Alpha Insights. Alpha Insights uh, is a research firm and they'll pay people for consultations like calls for an hour or two hours. And they may give you $1,000 an hour, 500 or 5000 an hour. It's whatever you negotiate with them. And companies hire them to get feedback on whatever industry they're interested in. So for example, literally two hours before this interview, okay, I got hit up from someone at Alpha Insights. And I get hit up by them every once in a while. And they wanted me to do a call with a management consulting company in the Middle East. I didn't do it. We couldn't come to an agreement on pricing and I also didn't 
care to do it. So I just told them, give me $10,000 for the hour. I knew they were going to say no. But if they said yes, I'm like, okay, I'll jump on a call with the hour. But I was also with my children and helping get ready for school. So getting two, $3,000 for the hour, it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But I'd rather see my kids grow up and be there for them than make more money because I don't believe money is everything in this world. But the way he chose me was he used ChatGPT and asked a question on, I'm looking for information on social media and social media engagement. What expert should I talk to to get advice on this? And ChatGPT's response was, talk to Neil Patel. I'm not saying I'm, I'm popular, or I'm famous, or I'm the one people should be talking to. More so, the point I'm trying to make is, you can also generate business from these tools as well. Yes, it may take away traffic from your business, but it can also provide business to you as well. For example, if they ask ChatGPT what agencies I can talk to within these regions, if ChatGPT gave mine as an answer and you optimize for ChatGPT, which creates a new form of marketing, that can also help you produce more income as well. I wonder if they had if, uh, uh, this person had uh, been uh, on uh, when, like, she conducted the search, or was that you know an answer given by ChatGPT based on the data it was trained on? I guess you know it was from ChatGPT. It was not from B. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I think that's that's a difficult pitch to make to our clients, at least. You know that let's let's optimize for that now because it's a, it's a completely different game, well, right? It, it's not about let's optimize for that now. Um, technically, it is. It depends how you perceive that. It's more so let's optimize for all the existing stuff because it produces results. And let's also spend a small portion of the time optimizing for ChatGPT and being and BART when they're using uh, their generative AI. So it's a combination of, of both. It's a very small percentage that should go to ChatGPT, et cetera, because it's not proven yet on how much revenue can drive a business. And businesses are ROI based, but there's nothing wrong with spending $10,000 a year, $20,000 a year. If you're a really massive corporation, you know, even $100,000 a year. If you're a company that's doing $10 billion a year in profit, what's spending a few hundred thousand dollars a year on some of these platforms and just being prepared? The risk is low. You recently were featured on an article on using AI in your day-to-day -day tasks as part of your role. Can yeah. you talk about the best use cases you've identified uh, so far? I've been using AI more so as like a virtual assistant. Uh, it's been a memo-heavy few months uh, in response to all of the news of SGE and whatnot. And so I've been using AI. Uh, we HubSpot has their own internal chat GPT alternative called HubGPT. Um, it's essentially ChatGPT, but with some better security restrictions to prevent the leaking of important data and whatnot. Um, so I've been utilizing HubGPT a lot for building out marketing memos, like really the bare bones of it. There's still a lot of human work that needs to be done, but it helps to organize your thoughts. Um, I've been using it, uh, again, in, in a virtual assistant style to um, read uh, Zoom call transcripts and give me my takeaways for a meeting if I wasn't able to take notes. Um, so that's how I've been personally using it, but I have seen secondhand uh, a lot of other use cases. Uh, for example, we recently um, started a massive project for multimedia optimization, um, another response to the March Core update. And um, a colleague of mine has who has no Python experience whatsoever was able to use ChatGPT to create a Python script 
for mass converting images from um, into WebP, uh, WebP format, which is uh, the desired format that we want for this project, uh, which I thought her, her process, she told me it the other day and I was just so taken aback, like how, how, how amazingly simple it seemed. Like she would just um, ask CapTBT to produce a certain type of code to do a certain, ter- certain type of thing, would test it out and be like, okay, this is, this is good, but this isn't good. And then a new iteration would pop up. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, in terms of uh, for the Ian blog SEO program, we are currently in the process of working to automate about 50% of the instruction writing work that we do when we're doing blog insight, the blog insights reports. Um, and that's being spearheaded by my colleague, Josh, uh, who has done excellent work in making it very, um, the UX very friendly for this piece. And um what we anticipate happening with this, we're, we're piloting it this month, but what we anticipate happening is that AI is going to be in the background doing like 50% of these instructions. And par- so parallel work is going to be going on where AI is doing its thing. And we are starting to do our own um, instructions. And this freed up time is going to allow us to be a little bit more, uh, have, to, to give our instructions a little bit more breath, a little bit more context, and most importantly, a lot more focus on those EAT uh initiatives that i kind of touched on earlier would you trust it to write content for the book not blindly not blindly i think the thing with us with um ai is that the barrier to entry for writing okay content has gotten a lot lower um you can the barrier to entry for scaling content has gotten a lot lower but with that said i think quality it's always been a big thing but it's going to be even more of a differentiator as we move into this time where anyone can write like an okay article for the most part um or scale their content with okay articles for the most part um so i don't think you should we should ever get to a point where we're blindly trusting ai to create content for us but i think it can help um get maybe the first iterations or maybe a rough outline out and then it's up to the humans to really add those differentiating factors of experience of of real data of of expertise uh into the content but it's it's definitely going to help it's going to be a huge help for sure yeah this is a oh gosh um so i think there is a lot of room in content for ai personally with the experiments that i've done and the work that i've seen i don't trust it to do long form content um and we have a really strong content team here who you know, we, we help create breaks. We kind of work with SEO on, on finding topics and helping write, but the, the writers are very, very strong. And I think that you, leveraging AI for things like title tags or meta descriptions is a lot lower risk than full on content. But I know a lot of folks are just popping out content via AI. And the only thing that kind of concerns me and what I have to think about in terms of, you know, being responsible for a, a program at, at a company is we need to future-proof it. So if we do this cool thing, we may get a lot of traffic early. And then if that goes away, like it's a lot bigger problem than us, you know, getting it more slowly over time. So we kind of focus on the long-term. We're going to grow. We're going to grow responsibly, but we're going to do things the right way. And leveraging generative AI in these workflows, like that is something that we absolutely can do. But I really believe that AI content is a double-edged sword. Um, I think it's quick and easy right now, but it's it can be dangerous. And I think that folks who, SEO folks and content folks that like leverage AI to do their jobs, 
or to make their jobs, uh, to make them more efficient at their jobs is a lot better than using it to kind of replace them. That's very much aligned with what I have in mind about uh, AI content and what we say to our clients. So uh, I'm glad to hear, uh, I was glad to hear your thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on AI content? Um, I think it will not take our jobs away or support us. I think it can serve as a good help for if you have a creative block you want to write, but I don't think it is what you should be focusing on if you actually want something out of your content. Um, you know, I've tested a couple of here and there, and I've also seen what people have said to be AI content. And for some of them, I think it's quite good. Although I don't know if they edited those articles, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be quite generic and it's going to be the same as what SEO, sorry, what SEO content is. Um, like I said, I think it can serve some good purposes, but it's not personally a strategy that I would implement uh, where I will work. Another episode of the SaaS SEO show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.